Welcome to The Prophecy Project, an accessible prophecy podcast. In each episode, we explore some aspect of prophecy, from theology and practical aspects of hearing God, through to leading healthy prophetic cultures and exploring how prophecy can enhance local mission. Accessible Prophecy is a global ministry that helps individuals grow in the prophetic and helps local churches grow healthy and mature prophetic cultures. And now, here is your host, Christine Wanstall. Hi, welcome to the Prophecy Project, um, a podcast by Accessible Prophecy. Kath Livesey, it is fantastic to have you here today. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Chris. Enjoying spring in, over here in the UK. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're all fine, thank you. So I'm in Melbourne, Australia. Whereabouts in the world uh, might you be today? Yeah, so I'm in Sheffield in, in the UK. So for those of you who've never heard of Sheffield, it's a city in the northern part of England. And yeah, it's a lovely place. It's surrounded by fantastic countryside, which we love getting out into as, as much as we can. And I wasn't born here. I, I was born about an hour and a half away, but I've lived here for nearly 30 years and uh, brought up the family here. So it's very much home. Oh, lovely. Now, you've got the Peak District around you, which is some of that lovely walks. Do you have a favourite walk that you like getting out and about oh, into? Gosh, well, we, we have standard walks, <laughs> you know, the, the walks that we tend to do over and over again. But when we've got a bit more time, my husband and I, we like to um, get some of our walking guides out and explore different places. So actually over the Easter weekend, we went, went on a couple of new walks, which were fantastic. Um yeah, it's as I was uh, saying to you earlier, Chris, it's a little bit poignant at the moment because our family dog uh, passed away a few days ago. So there's a lot of local walks which we very much associate with her. So it's just plucking up the courage to go back to those places without her at the moment. But yeah, she's been a great. Ah, oh, that's so hard. Uh, uh, for walking, just yeah, loved, loved taking her out into the hills and walking with her. So yeah. Oh, it's always hard when you lose a pet, yeah. and especially one that you've had. And I think you were saying, I think I saw on Facebook that she was a rescue dog, yeah. and so there's even more attachment yeah. for her. Yeah, so, yeah she yeah. was a lovely dog, yeah. So we're all, all a bit sad yeah. at the moment, but yeah. Absolutely understandable. So this is the Prophecy Project, uh, as it's titled. Um, so I'm pretty keen to hear from you what has been your involvement with prophecy? What's your story in engaging in the prophetic? Yeah, gosh, how long have you got, Chris? I'll, I'll try and make it. Oh, we've got as long as you like. <laughs> I'll try and make it um, yeah, as succinct as possible. So I certainly didn't grow up in a church that was encouraging the prophetic in any, in any obvious way. I grew up in a lovely local Anglican church, very faithful church, full of great people. But looking back, I don't remember having any teaching on the Holy Spirit, on the prophetic, on spiritual gifts. It was only really after I'd left home and gone to university and started to yeah, hear about this Holy Spirit and, and hear about spiritual gifts and and this idea that God can talk to us today. And, and it really grabbed my heart from that quite early age. I think I'd always, even before I 
you know, became a Christian, I'd always had a God awareness, always that sense that, yeah, God's real, he's here. How do I connect with him? But I think it was, yeah, in my 20s, um, learning much more about the prophetic, about, about the Holy Spirit that really started me on that journey. You know, I spent some time with YWAM, went to some great churches. And then when we came, uh, when we moved here uh, to Sheffield nearly 30 years ago, was able to join a great church, which was, you know, much more open to to the Holy Spirit. And and I just felt, yeah, th this this is home for me. This is where I want to be. I want to be in a place where that there's that expectation that, yeah, we can hear God in the Bible, but we can also hear him um, through the things he wants to say to us today through that now word. And I, 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 I've always just loved it. You know, what, once once I knew it was possible, I, I've always absolutely loved it, being passionate about it. And then as time went on, um, slowly, step by step, received more and more permission to um, pursue it, not just for myself, but, but, but to help other people pursue it. Um, started you know, leading a little prophetic ministry at, at, at my old church, started to gather together what you could call prophetic people. And yeah, that's that's how it's all really grown. And then sort of for the last um, probably 15 or more years, when I've been at St Thomas's Philadelphia here at Sheffield, um, really intentionally seeking to grow a healthy, holistic, mature, prophetic culture. So I've always, yeah, just grabbed any books, any resources, any podcasts, any conferences I can go to that will help me, help me grow. And just having the joy of, as I'm learning, then teaching other people how to engage with this as well. So, yeah, that's a very brief overview um, but it, it has always flow uh, flowed out of that place of yeah I know God's here I want to connect with him just this awareness of God how do I hear his voice how do I sense his heart yeah what I love about what you were saying Kath is that it it sounds to me like you weren't just interested in hearing God for yourself, that part of your journey has actually been how do you help equip the church to engage? You, you use words like safe, um, you know, this holistic, you know, I'm, they may not have been words that you use, but I'm hearing sort of this holistic culture within your church, a healthy prophetic culture, I think is a term that you used. Um, what have been some of the major challenges that you've seen as you've gone along? I know this is like the big question and I'm saying just give it to us in three dot points. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. But what like just on the top of your mind, what, what have been some of those times? Because it's not just about how we individually hear God, but your heart is really around how do you equip the church? to do that have there been particular maybe I'll change the question I'm asking like 15 <laughs> questions as I'm going through um so let, I'll just simplify it a bit for all of us uh has that been a heart for you those two tracks not just how you individually hear God but also the equipping of the church was there a specific point that you felt God draw you into more of that church ministry leadership space 
I guess there's been certain points along the way where I've had conversations or invitations from church leaders, you know, uh, giving me a green light to do it. I think it, a lot of it is just the way I'm wired. If I've learned to do something, then I, I want to teach somebody else how to do that. And I've I've never seen myself as the expert, as the one who's got it all worked out. But I think I just have so much joy myself in the fact that I can learn how to hear God's voice, that I just want to equip, equip the whole church. There have certainly been challenges. <laughs> um, and just off, off the top of my head, I, I think, you know, over the last 20, 25 years of, of, of doing this, of, grow, of growing healthy church, uh, healthy prophetic culture, I think some of the most significant challenges are, have been working with what, I mean, this is language that's familiar, yeah, I know it's familiar to you, but what we would call a fivefold prophet. So using Ephesians okay. for, you know, the fivefold ministry, we're all wired differently. Some of us are wired as apostles, some of us are wired as prophets, evangelists, um, shepherds, um, teachers. Um, yeah, is that all of them? <laughs> I've lost track. But yeah, we're all wired differently, but some of us are, are, have that particular leaning towards the prophetic. Um, and to okay. use the language of Ephesians 4, um, I would say some of us are fivefold prophets. It's just how we're wired. It's, it's a little okay. bit different from an Old Testament prophet. We won't get that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, yeah. so um, but yeah, in, in, in taking on the role of heading up prophetic ministry um, uh, for all these years in quite a large church. Yeah. Part of that is building relationship and working alongside um, prophets. Uh, people who have that particular calling, that particular shape, wiring. And you know, lots of them are absolutely lovely. But um, because the role and calling of the Fivefold Prophet has historically been quite misunderstood <laughs> um, uh, within the church, a lot of these people you know, th th there's brokenness there. There's, you know, there's there's a long, sorry history of them being misunderstood, understood, or being rejected, and nobody listens to them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think working with these people, um, trying to uh, w working out ways to disciple them to draw them into the heart of the church because often these people you know they're, they're they'd rather be on the edge of things they struggle with with community um but drawing them into the center um making sure that they're accountable that they're discipled i think there would be some of us some of the challenges i've had sometimes it's gone really well being able to do that really successfully but you know there's always been the odd one or two where it's been much harder yeah so yeah and and i i totally understand where where these people are coming from you know i've worked with people who've had such a strong powerful prophetic gift from a young age and the church just hasn't known how to handle it so you know they end up you know um re rejecting these people or you know putting huge constraints around them and you know i really have a heart for fivefold prophets. I myself am wired as a fivefold prophet, so I know what it's like. But sometimes it's really hard just to do that whole discipleship piece. Yeah, so that's a challenge that particularly sticks sticks out for me. It's interesting because I, um, you know, I resonate with that element of frustration 
you know, if you're wired in a certain way and you, and I think profits, um, you know, sometimes we can feel things so strongly because it is this sense of feeling the heart of God and, and having that sense of, no, you don't understand this is, you know, so this frustration that can build or be there um, when we feel like we're not getting listened to or, or people are not understanding or hearing. And sometimes it's the issue that we're not hearing correctly or our brokenness gets in the way. I, I sometimes think that communication piece between us and others can be so important just to try and build that open communication channels. And I love what you talked about in terms of how do you draw people into the centre of community yeah. to actually help that communication happen well yeah. and also see them thrive. But it also speaks to me around how does prophecy intersect with identity? Now, in the last conversation that I had with Andrew, we were chatting through what, what does identity look like? What does it actually mean for us to understand our identity as children of God? And, and the importance of actually how that sits with prophecy. So where would you see identity sitting in the prophetic space? Wow, yeah. Again, and, and I'm asking the big questions really, today. Really, really big questions. Um, I, I mean, part of the reason I'm I'm passionate about prophecy is because I, I think um, it gives us a, a, a lens or a doorway, a framework for for tackling some of these really, really big, big questions. And identity, you know, it is such a profound question, isn't it? Um, um, the I, I almost want to start with who God is. Actually, I almost w want want to start with with pure theology. You know, theology is the study of God. So the the, the theology of the prophetic, we we start with who God is, and when we look at God, we see that He is a God that um, He He doesn't hold back from making Himself known. You know, He's somebody who wants to be known. Uh, and, yeah, and I'm aware in all of this, I'm using human language to describe the indescribable. But, you know, the Bible presents us with a God who, um, yeah, he he reveals himself to us. He's the God of relationship. You know, the Bible is all about God being the God of relationship, the God of communication. God is the great communicator. Um and um, and he's also the God of restoration. He he wants to mend. He wants to build. He wants to make things new. So this is who God is. Um, you know, the, the, the great I am, the great communicator, the one who's passionate about humanity made in his image. And it's this God who calls us by our name. And I was just re reflecting this morning on, you know, two very known, very well known uh, passages of, of scripture, which just kind of um, lead into this. So I'll, I'll start with Jesus's baptism, you know, right at the start of Jesus's earthly ministry. There's this incredible baptism scene, John the Baptist, you know, baptizes him. And then, you know, there's this voice from heaven. This is my beloved son. <laughs> you know, So right at the start, God's voice is speaking to confirm Jesus's identity, you know. And then I was also thinking about Moses. So again, you know, Exodus, <laughs> such a massive narrative um, in, in the Bible. But right at the start, um, God, Yahweh says, Moses, Moses, he calls him by name. 
So, yeah, the, this and, and, and in both, you know, we, we could look at other examples, but in both those, that, that, that God speaking to the person's identity, Jesus's identity, Moses's identity, um, uh, it comes before the commission, the call, the, you know, this is what I want you to do. So um, that the baptism scene, it comes before the Holy Spirit start, starts leading Jesus first into the desert and then out of the desert, you know, in power. Um, it comes before God gives Moses that that um, that calling, that commission. And, and I think this is where we have to start with the prophetic. So and, and I think, you know, a, a mistake or perhaps a slight imbalance that a lot of people make with the prophetic is they think it's all about guidance. So I need to hear God speak to me so that he can tell me what to do. It's like having uh, what well, we, we use the, the phrase sat nav here, but G GPS, you know, that thing in your car that tells you which way to go. So I think a lot of people, that's what they associate the prophetic with and the, they, they, they limit the prophetic to I need to know which way to go do I take a right or a left how do I avoid that dead end you know that that congestion over there um, now I think an aspect of learning how to tune into God is about guidance it's about direction but I think fundamentally the starting point the absolute foundation has to be God calls me by name God says, you know, you are my beloved son or daughter. I call you by name. I know who you are. Um, this is who you are. And so it's about being able to hear God for ourselves. And I always say the prophetic, you know, we, we can, it, it's a vast umbrella, but it's, you know, we divide it into hearing God for ourselves and hearing God for others. And for some of us, it's really hard to hear God for ourselves. We can hear God really well for other people, but... <laughs> hearing God for myself so it's about being able to hear God for myself and hear him for those covenant words of identity of affirmation um of yeah him saying I love you I'm proud of you and I often think about my role as a parent when I'm talking about this so you know I, I've got three kids they're all grown up now uh, but, you know, I think back to the teenage years <laughs> and, you know, all, all children are different. But, you know, I, I think of certainly one, maybe two of, of my uh, teenage daughters. And um, I, I, as a parent, the, the temptation is, is just to, to do the guidance stuff. So go and clean your room, <laughs> you know, go and do your homework, do this, do that. But I know, actually, I do know that as a parent, it's much more important that my communication is, you know, looking them in the eye and saying, I love you. I'm really proud of you. You know, well done for that. You know, I think you're great. I'm really cheering you on. And there's been times, you know, when I've just wanted to, you know, put put my hands on my daughter's shoulders and look at me you know I'm your mum I love you so much you're just great you're just wonderful and you know you'd get the and the and the you know the teenage reaction to that but that's that's that basic parental desire and God is the best parent we could ever imagine and yeah he's very happy to tell us you know what to do which way to go but I think fundamentally he wants us to sit quietly in his presence just to calm down a bit you know just to lay aside all those distractions so that we can hear him speak deeply into who who we are you know and hear those words of love 
and affirmation. And I think, you know, so many, so many of us, we avoid that. <laughs> we, we're even fearful of that. We feel awkward about it. There's too much work to do. But actually, that is the very heart of a prophetic lifestyle. As you're talking there, Kath, I can feel my heart go, oh, that's what we want. We just want to, you know, we want to have that sense of how does God see us? And like I can feel that relational tug that resonates around being seen and known and loved. And, um, you know, I think back to some of the more significant uh, identity words that I've received over the last five years and I think for me, the prophetic, what the prophetic brings into that identity space is, um, I think it just cuts through a whole, like a, a prophetic word in the right season and time just cuts through a whole lot of stuff and hits at our soul level and can shift a whole lot of how we see ourselves or thoughts or feelings incredibly quickly. Mm-hmm. So I think about some of the significant prophetic words where it's actually been about how God sees me and how he knows me mm. um, and loves me. And, and they're the words that I think, actually, it doesn't matter if I have a, if my prophetic words are successful or not, if we want to use that language, because, you know, I, God just loves me. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what I do or, you know, we know that he wants us to have a purpose and he wants us to be responsible in the kingdom but actually starting from that place of identity can be so powerful to release us in terms of engaging in prophetic ministry in such a deep way. Absolutely. And it's just that discipline of I'm going to make space in my life for that. Um, And I think recognising that, you know, some of us, it's really quite hard to hear those words of love and affirmation, you know, so there's some soul work to do. There's some, you know, it, it, there's a there's a journey um for this in in many of us but absolutely um and i was just kind of thinking back to a word that god gave me at the beginning of this year i say word i mean most of the time god speaks to me through pictures through through imagery um um but you know the start of this year there's a few areas of just you know hard things that we're working through at the moment you know family stuff uh, work stuff but near the start of the of the year, um, I just had had this. You just gave me this picture. I was praying one day, and it was a picture, and it was of a um, this. Um, this is particularly meaningful for me, who lives in kind of um, cold, wet <laughs> northern Europe. Uh, but it was like a tropical sea, like a tropical beach, and this turquoise sea. And there was me and Jesus, and we were just kind of um, splashing in the waves, just, you know, just having lots of fun together in, you know, in the shallow, warm waters on this tropical coast. And it was just this picture of lightness and fun and relationship. And it, you know... It, it may not mean anything to anybody else, but it really meant something to me, um, particularly just as I'm working through some of these, you know, uh, trickier, heavier issues at, at the moment. So that's just a, a simple picture. But it's yeah, it's mm. not about, oh, Kath, I'm calling you to do this that, and the other. But it's yeah, just make sure you've got space every day just to just to have fun with Jesus, you know, really good. 
you could come to Australia and we could take you to a beach oh, yeah. and you could sit there with Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That would be a great outlook so, of that word. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It's God saying that you need to come to Australia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, one of the things, it's interesting you talked about um, St Thomas's Philadelphia where you head, you head up the prophetic ministry and were really integral in developing that because one for me one of the really important points in my journey was actually being at St Thomas's back in 2008 and having someone pray over me and what didn't um, you know I can remember some of the elements of the word but it actually wasn't the word itself. I wish I knew who it was that did this because it wasn't the word itself, but it was actually after the word where this woman said to me, um, look, I'm just learning how to do this prophecy stuff. Um, can you give me some feedback around my picture and how I communicated? Was it okay? You know, is there anywhere that I could improve? And what blew me away, I remember thinking, how is she, she is so secure in giving this word and there is something about the culture of this place that they're wanting to learn and grow and get better. Um, and, it, and it was a really attractive culture to think about how do we do this? How do we actually develop church cultures that are healthy and dynamic? So, um, so just pass on to your team at St Thomas's that it was really significant, like all of them, I don't know who it was, but one of them in there, um, had a significant part for me to really want to go deeper uh, in that space because it was just such a it's such a vibrant um, place to be where you can see God releasing words and releasing people mm. through prophetic ministry. So the other big uh, rock that I wanted to um, just ask your thoughts about uh, is around this element of purpose. So. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, we've got identity around how do we see ourselves as children of God, but you also then talked about doing prophetic ministry. So that, that element of purpose or responsibility might be another term or, or how do we, how does this outwork in kingdom purpose might be other, another phrase. Have you got any thoughts so, around that clear, space? Chris, so do you mean um, in like words of direction and purpose? Is that what you mean, or do you mean uh, um, about the um, the the overflow of the ministry? So, how do we use this ministry in a purposeful way? I probably mean the the first. Mm. Like, what are some of the ways that you've seen God use prophetic ministry to bring purpose? Yeah. So, kingdom yeah. kingdom words. Yeah, great. Might be the other way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think it's a really important aspect of prophetic ministry. It it's um, sometimes feels a bit more challenging, you know, because if you are, if you're doing prophetic ministry, if you're listening to God for other people, sharing prophecies with other people, then it feels quite safe to give them covenantal words um, because, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's a nice space to be operating. It's a lovely space to be operating in the prophetic. But when we move more into the kingdom space of words of direction, of purpose, of calling, you know, we, we can worry that we can get it wrong. So I think this for some of us, there's an in intentionality to really step into this and to start practicing it. You know, the more we practice, the easier it gets. That's so true for the prophetic. 
And I've been on a journey in the last few years of intentionally stepping out much more into not just, um, yeah, Lord, what do you love about this person? But Lord, what's next for them? What What is your calling on their life? Um, what direction are you wanting them to go in? So just creating the space, being intentional about asking that question. Um, yeah, God loves it when we ask questions and often the best way to hear him is by asking him questions. So if you're praying for somebody and I'll often teach people this, you know, if you've, if you've got somebody in front of you, you're praying for them, you're listening to God for them. Two really simple questions. Lord, what do you love about this person? That's the real identity covenantal piece. And then, Lord, what's next for them? And that's a really simple way to get a balance, a really good balance between covenant and kingdom identity and purpose. Um, so I think we can learn to step into this. Um, as we do this, we need to ensure that there is a, a really good culture of discernment and weighing and testing. I mean, the Bible makes it very clear, the New Testament in particular, that we need to weigh and test everything. Um, so if we are... If as we are seeking to grow a healthy prophetic culture and we're releasing people to give more purposeful kingdom directional words, we need to ensure that we all know how to weigh and test these things. So there's some work to do there. Um, you know, are we building a culture of discernment? Um, and, and again, remembering that um, discernment happens best in community. You know, we're co-discerning. So if one day God uses somebody else to give you a very directional word you know I think God is calling you to I don't know move city or change job or this you know that's a very direct I'm waiting for the God's calling me to Hawaii <laughs> I think but we all are. Just... <laughs> yeah but if one day you know uh, perhaps through somebody else's ministry you get a word like that then goodness me we have to be very diligent and wise and mature about weighing it and testing it don't try and weigh and test it by yourself take it to others take it to people you trust get your community praying about this and you know i in my experience god rarely would bring such a directional word completely um in isolation you know i i i see him talking to people in all sorts of different ways about things over time you know there'll be confirmations along the way but yeah, uh, we, we need to weigh and test it with other people. But then, yeah, if we have done that and if we do think, yeah, I think God is calling me to something new. I really believe, having prayed about this word, that this is the word of God for me. Then, you know, it's, well, am I going to step into obedience? Am I going to do what God is calling me to do? And that is such an important part of the whole prophetic process. You know, we talk a lot about hearing God, but we also have to learn how to respond to God. And right the way through the Gospels, you know, Jesus time and again says it's not it's about hearing and obeying, um, not not just hearing, but you know, hearing and and doing uh, so. Are we building a culture where it's easy for people to not only hear God, but respond in obedience to the things he's calling us to do? And then I think the other thing I'd just say briefly, Chris, is that um, it's it's about the whole church having a sense of, yeah, this is where God is leading us. It's not just for the individual, but for us as a community. What processes, what, what systems have we got in place so that? we are hearing God together for where he is leading us. You know, are there good communication channels between what the prophets are hearing, you know, the leadership team, um, then how do we weigh these things together? And then how do we as a community follow the word of God? Yeah. So probably topics for about 10 more podcasts there, but. <laughs> 
we're lining them up as we go along um, because they are such rich and deep topics and each you know each element you can really spend a lot of time digging into and and just exploring you know what are some of the challenges in that space and like as you're talking through I'm thinking oh that that's such gold around how do we have good communication loops how do we make sure that we discern things well how do we um, you know, as you're talking, I remember someone saying to me, oh, you know, God doesn't want us to leave our brain at the door. He wants us to engage these things and and really process and reflect through in them. And so it's, it's um, you know, helping people and churches and teams develop those systems that can help. Because when we're in the moment, uh, it can be very challenging especially if there's a whole lot of emotions that sit around it. It can actually be challenging to work out what am I going to do with it. But if we have the systems already developed, it's so much easier to go, no, no, this is what we need to do, step one, step two, step yeah. three. Yeah. Um, so we actually already have that to help guide us through so that we don't find ourselves down a track that's hard to back out of. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 Well, this has been an amazingly rich conversation, Kath, and I absolutely know that we'll be chatting with you again in the future about different topics, but thanks so much for your time. Uh, any final thought? Actually, one of the things I did want to ask you, you talked earlier that often you'll hear God in a certain way. What is, you know, what is your key go-to when you're listening to God? What's what's the way that God predominantly speaks to you? Oh, gosh. Wow. Um, so the, the shortest answer to that is through visual imagery. So and, and it might come in, in different ways, but, but, but it'll be that little picture um, or, or video, as it were, that pops into my mind. Um, but there there are ways that I can um help that happen you know that there's an environment that I can build around me that is conducive to uh, uh, leaning into God's heart and really tuning in so sometimes it's just sitting quietly I think stillness is so important so having um, and pra practice 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 but having times in my day where I just you know stop what I'm doing go and sit on a chair in a quiet room just you know take a few deep breaths just practice being still in god's presence do that deep covenantal piece of yeah father thank you that you love me thank you that you know me um and then just in that stillness say perhaps that the holy spirit is anything you want to show me today or um yeah just ask him simple questions um so i think in terms of hearing god for myself it's it's things like that if i'm hearing god for somebody else um i think probably my my favorite listening exercise you know i'm sure at some point in the podcast you'll talk about listening exercise but it's, they're just like doorways or frameworks into you know being able to tune into what god's saying but if i'm if i really want to hear what god is saying for somebody else and give them a prophetic word i'll often just picture so again it's visual for me i'll just picture jesus with them perhaps jesus standing next to them standing in front of them and i'll just look and listen to what jesus is doing or, or saying and that just really opens up um that that prophetic flow of yeah this is this is the word of god for somebody today so that's just a yeah, in a nutshell <laughs> yeah how, how i engage. that's fantastic all right. Well, thanks so much, Kath, and we will chat again soon. Great. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Prophecy Project. 
We hope you've been encouraged as you've listened today. We would love to connect with you. You can do that by following Accessible Prophecy on Instagram and Facebook. If you have a question or topic you would like us to cover, please check the podcast information description for ways that you can connect with us and for links to resources, workshops and coaching. We hope you'll join us for the next Prophecy Project podcast.